everybody, this is Davis over at the CFG, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do with these terrific guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or go to our main website, confreaksofgeeks.com, or even listen to it on any podcast services out there. Today, I am talking to an OG in the cosplay game. She has been cosplaying for about over 20 years, for about 20 years and during that time she has made some memorable cosplays like Levy from Attack on Titans, Vanellope Von Schweetz from Wreck-It Ralph, Bridget from Guilty Gear, Bakugo from My Hero Academia, and a whole lot more. I would like to welcome Steph Von Schweetz to the show. How are you doing, Steph? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain. How about you? <laughs> I am doing good. You know, it's like uh, today I... I completely overslept and I'm like, oh, well, we'll go oh, I kind no. of freaked out. <laughs> hey, at but, least you're well rested, if nothing else. That is very true. I've been, I've been kind of, kind of been back, uh, kind of backed up on sleep this week. So oh, that, no. but I felt, I felt good. I felt good today though. Good, <laughs> so good. Glad good. to hear it. Yes, that's good. How, how is it over in, uh, uh, in, in your neck? You're in Vegas, right? Yes, I am. It is cold. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. For yeah. some reason. I didn't even think it really got cold over there. Yeah, most people forget how deserts work. Um, They have extremes, so extreme highs and extreme lows. So usually Vegas doesn't get snow, but it kind of just depends where you are. So if you're closer to the mountains, sometimes you'll get some snow. But we definitely um, get some very cold weather here. Uh, Not like Detroit or anything like that crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But right now our highs have been in the 40s. Oh wow! And then we had some lows that go below freezing point, so we definitely get some colder weather here. <laughs> wow, I, I am totally surprised. That is, that's weird to even think about because it's like, but yeah, so it's like, the weather is actually controlled by water, so that's why deserts have such extreme temperatures because there's no water around to kind of um, middle balance point it out. The temperature. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, and uh, I know it's getting it's getting less and less water over there on that side. So I can. So I guess. Yeah, we can use all the help we can get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, anyway, well, thank you so much for stopping by, Steph. I really appreciate it. Yeah, happy Uh, to be here. Yeah. So let's get this party started. So we'll just ask, uh, start, start the questions here. Uh, So, like, when uh, did you start cosplaying? So. If we're talking about when I first started cosplaying, knowing the term cosplay, that would have been in 2003. Uh, But I've been dressing up for like Halloween. Uh, My mom was really into costumes for Halloween and like school spirit days and all like any opportunity to dress up, my mom was very into. So that just kind of passed on to me. Uh, so she'd always like make my outfits for all the school events and for Halloween and stuff. So it's kind of been just ingrained in me from a very young age. Did your mom always like, like, did she love like making costumes just as much as you did or? So she just always loved Halloween. It was her favorite holiday, just being able to like dress up and completely become a different character. Um, she knew how to sew like basics and stuff. So she would just get really crafty. Um, I'd call her an artist more than like a seamstress or something. Cause she just loved to create like any kind of crafting hobby she was into like painting. Um, she would do some word woodworking. Uh, she did a lot of like really cool arts and crafts type stuff. 
Oh, okay. So what introduced you into cosplay that like you said, uh, you were, you kind of, once you've kind of figured out what cosplay was, in know, three, like what, what introduced you into that world? It's so I was in high school and a friend of mine, um, went to a public school. I was at a very strict Christian school at the time. So we didn't have any like clubs or anything like that with anime or anything, but she did over at her public school. And she asked me if I would be going to anime expo that year uh, because her anime club was planning like this whole thing. And I had no idea what she was talking about. So I went ahead and Googled what anime expo was and it took me to the Wikipedia page and it was all very bare bones, but then um, it had pictures and it used the word cosplay. And so like, it was one of the highlighted links. So I click on the cosplay link and it was just like a moment where I was like, this is it. This is the thing I had to do. Like I had never been to a convention. I'd never had any experience with that, but I was like, mom, we have to make the thing so we can go to the thing. And she was like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> She was on board. She was on board all that. She you you even need to explain yourself. You just like she was like let's like let's do it. Yeah, she was like okay, cool. Like my mom wasn't like super into anime by any means. Um, Mm -hmm. She was actually really into DC comics, so she loved Batman and all that. Um, She liked things like Star Trek growing up. Uh, So she she was never opposed to me being into anime or anything weird or video games like that. And it was, it's kind of funny because we got involved in Anime Expo 03 was my first one. And through learning about more Japanese culture, going to the convention, she found out what J-Rock was. And that was very, very popular back in the early 2000s. And she actually fell in love with J-Rock a lot more than the standard like anime or video game costumes. <laughs> so she would actually dress up as like, um members from like malice miser during gray like all the old school oh like God. gay rockers i was really into lolita fashion then too so it was just like a whole thing that i was just exposed to all at once and i was so excited your mom at that i mean your mom sounds sounds really like really open-minded that's really cool to hear <laughs> that she was supportive like really supportive yeah like that. she was super supportive when i was younger unfortunately we've had some falling out over the years but I definitely wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for my mom being so open to those things. Like she dressed up with me to Anime Expo that 2003 year. We both cosplayed from a series called Dot Hack Sign, um, which was on Toonami at the time. And so she was right there with me in costume. And I was like, cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty cool thing for like that. Not a lot of people could, truly say that's really that's really awesome it's actually kind of awesome too that you said that your first convention was anime expo even though anime expo wasn't as large as what it is today it's still a pretty was still a fairly sized con for for what it was you know yeah i mean i had no perspective of what anything was back then like i'm sure like san diego comic-con was significantly bigger because anime at the time was still very stigmatized not cool at all um we really didn't have uh, access like we have now. 
um, even finding like basic, I guess, VHS back then and DVDs oh was God. really difficult. You had to like torrent everything or watch like one episode in three different YouTube videos. <laughs> it was, oh it was rough. <laughs> I like to call that age the dark age because that was like, <laughs> it was, it was insane. Like, I remember like you wanted, like if you wanted to buy anime, anime was hella expensive. It was yes. ridiculously expensive. And you got like two episodes on each like VHS <laughs> or DVD and you're just like, how many episodes are in this show? Forget it. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. And then you can't even like, you know how you have options of dub or sub and, but yeah, no, then, you don't have options. yeah, it was the, it was like, you had to get the dub tapes or you got to get the sub tapes and the sub yep. tapes were always a little bit more expensive. Uh, yep. Oh my God. I remember like my first, my first set that I bought myself like was a, was, was a Trigun on VHS. Mm -hmm. That's what I. Oh I my still, god, that's amazing! I still have it. It's like I don't even have a VCR anymore, but I just have it just to be like. Oh, yeah, I did we that. still have our. Um, my my husband actually had them. Um, the Evangelion VHS and we're just like we're never getting rid of these. <laughs> those. And those things are gold because those things I are know. so they're so damn expensive. It's not even fun. Yeah, no, you got to keep them. You got to keep them. That's hilarious. Uh, and, uh, was, was there like, uh, was there something like, was there something in your life that just got you into cosplay itself direct, uh, uh, cosplay itself? Um, not really. Like I said, I always enjoy just dressing up for events and like Halloween. Um, I went to a Renaissance festival as a kid and I was like, we're dressing up. I'm going to be a princess. <laughs> um, all just, it was just fun. And I think. I think as I grew up a bit and went to a couple of conventions, I think a big part of it was the confidence that kind of came with it. Mm -hmm. Because again, back in the day, nobody liked anime. <laughs> like yeah. you, you were bullied and made fun of for even talking about this stuff. And for me, especially because I went to such a conservative evangelical Christian school, um, all those people thought I was like Satan's child. <laughs> so like I was made fun of a lot. And then going to these conventions, even though I was in a poorly made costume, like we had no wig selections back then. Like it was just, it was not cute. <laughs> Come on, to, to be people, fair though, everyone was, was in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, everyone was kind time. of in the same boat. But like to go there, not knowing what to expect and having people automatically like you was just so life-changing for me um i didn't know people were going to ask for my photo but like two seconds coming out of the car walking into the convention center someone's like oh my god can i get your photo and i was like do i pose like i didn't even know what to do but people were like oh my god you're so cool i love that show and we're immediately talking to you and that was such a new experience for me being a bit more of an outcast so feeling like I was part of something was just so genuine and cool. And people thought you were cool, even though you're dressed up in this really poorly made outfit with cardboard and raw edges everywhere. And like the spray hair dye, which is falling off everywhere. Like it was bad, hey. but everyone loved it. And everybody wanted to talk to you and like be your friend. And that was just such a huge, I guess, coming out moment for me learning that I felt so much more confident and 
early on, I would find these characters that I loved and wanted to embody. And they made me feel a lot more confident because I was channeling so much of their energy into myself. And I was able to really kind of come into myself a bit more that way. If that makes sense. No, it makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense. It's actually kind of funny because like, I mean, uh, yeah, because like my first convention was in, was in 99 and oh, wow. uh, yeah so like i went to a it was a convention called akon actually you, oh, yeah. you were a guest yeah you I were a guest last year for yeah uh and uh and uh i went there and i was like wow it's cool but the one thing is actually it was actually kind of cool because my friend um was the one that introduced me into anime like we sat down and he let me borrow his evangelion tapes uh, and stuff and then I was like you know this is a, all right but it caught my interest uh but he says that like it like when you go to one of the, he told me before we went to this event that that once you find like a uh, like the community like especially the early community uh of of cosplay or of, of anime and cosplay during all of that it's like you it's like you've met your people <laughs> like yeah. immediately like you met your people because they because you every like you said everything was in the dl you didn't know uh, most people didn't really acknowledge anime during that time but now you know this person from god knows where you know loves the stuff that you did and you can openly discuss or talk about or geek out or whatever uh, yeah. uh of like what uh like of whatever you were into and and that's what it was most of the time like you have thousands like hundreds of thousands of people that are interested in what you did and you could just set yourself free for that three-day weekend and then make some new friends and stuff like that that's what i loved about it uh, back in the day yeah it was definitely a, a freeing experience going mm -hmm. from like maybe the three people at my school who also like anime to suddenly i'm in a building with a few thousand <laughs> people who like the same thing i do and i'm not being judged for it Right, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, now it's more acceptable, so it's not like you're kind of keeping your guard up nine times out of ten. And uh, yeah, and, and the and like what you're saying about like you know San Diego. Surprisingly enough, San Diego in the early two thousands, it wasn't even that big relatively. <laughs> the, no, uh, like yeah, it's really Twilight that put that convention. It on really the map, did, and that's why yeah. it started selling out, which is so bizarre. <laughs> it is so weird. Yeah, I totally agree, Matt. It's so it's really weird when when whatever like decides to bring that hype up it just just skyrocketed and never looked back yeah. uh yeah and uh, do you remember uh what was your first cosplay like do you remember the first the, the first yeah it official was cosplay? Um, mimi Roo from dot hack sign oh mimi okay oh wow okay i i i really really wish there's photos <laughs> That's what I, there is, see. I think one it's like a printed photo because what was digital photography back then yeah right um, but it was it wasn't good i mean i look i think that now i think at the time it was actually pretty solid uh -huh. um for what we had but when i see like what i can do now i was just like wow that's garbage <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's that's just not fair to even say <laughs> i know i know we're our worst critics <laughs> right right and uh uh, and, uh, uh, I mean, now, I mean, like you, now you have like 20 years under your belt and you've seen, probably seen and done a lot of different kinds of things itself. But like, what would you say is the most time consuming aspect of making a cosplay or one of your cosplays? Um, gosh, I think the thing that I tend to spend the most time on is the planning stage. <laughs> which I feel like doesn't make any sense until I, I maybe start explaining it. Um, 
So I actually like to dig really deep into the character and the world. And my thought process of when I make a costume is how would this look in real life? Uh, so is there historical context to the costume? Like, is it a period costume? Um, what makes sense for the character to wear um, in terms of like textiles or just like jewelry or footwear and all of that. So really doing all of the research ahead of time. Um, I'm a big planner. I'm like mm -hmm. stupidly a type Virgo. <laughs> I, I'm not the kind of person who makes lists. Uh, so having everything ready to go before I actually start is probably the biggest time suck. And then it's probably just a little bit of procrastination. <laughs> I find the the part where you have all your materials and then the part where you actually start cutting out the pattern and like the pieces and doing the mock-up, there's like a mental stall there. I'm just like, once I start, it'll be easy. But starting it is so difficult because <laughs> I just no. start getting in my head. I'm just like, oh, no, what if this is wrong? And then I reevaluate everything and I feel like I'm going bananas. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's everything that happens before the costume even starts. <laughs> hey, you need to have some sort of level of organization. So I definitely love that you that you uh, <laughs> that you do, especially for the amount. Like how many cosplays do you usually like? I mean, how many do you usually make uh, for yourself like uh, well, throughout a year? That depends. I'd I'd say I'm on a bit of a decline, mm -hmm. um, not in a bad way, but I think when I was a lot younger, I felt the pressure to pump out costumes and have new costumes for every convention that I went to, mm -hmm. um, and conventions were significantly cheaper back then. So like I was going to like multiple conventions a year like maybe five six seven oh, wow. ten i don't know but i constantly felt the need to like one up myself i was always learning new things so i was like oh i don't want to wear that again that was awful so i'm going to make something new and something relevant and like do something with my friends so like originally i would be pumping out like 20 30 costumes a year which is insane <laughs> Wow, um, Jesus, 30? Yeah, <laughs> but like now I think I've, I'm at the point in my life where I just like to create to create so mm. I don't need to push myself to constantly make whatever's relevant or what's in the limelight to get the attention. I just want to do costumes that I really enjoy, characters I really enjoy. Um, going back to like childhood type things and putting my own spin on things. So like, I think last year I maybe made five, maybe six. And some of them were bigger and some of them were smaller. <clears throat> some weren't even finished. Like Bridget, I made last year, but I didn't actually complete certain aspects of the costume until this year for a convention. So... Now I don't feel the pressure. Oh, that's the clock. I told you that was going to chime. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, now I don't feel that, that pressure to constantly be competing with other artists. I'm just okay with doing things at my own pace. 
Yeah. I remember, I don't know if it was you who did this, but I, I, I think it was like, did you have a, like a go-kart for your stuff, for your, uh, for your, uh, Vanellope? No, I did not. I've always wanted to, but again, techie things are just not my forte. <laughs> so I'm sure if I like peer pressured some friends to kind of help me with like the go-kart base, I could figure it out. Yeah. But really like, and this kind of comes with, again, like learning what I like in cosplay and kind of fine tuning the things that I want to do. Um, I hate working on props. <laughs> I, I used to enjoy doing them. But as I got more involved with sewing, I really love just the sewing aspect of cosplay. Um, so now if I need props or something that I'm just like, that's a little out of my wheelhouse. I'm not going to take the time to learn it. I'd rather be like, Hey, best friend, here's some money. Please do the thing for me. That, <laughs> that makes way sense. I can focus yeah. on the things I like. They can focus on the things they like to do. They also get money. And now I don't have the stress of having to worry about if it's going to be good or not. And it's just kind of a win-win all around. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, money is good for for is used for goods and services. So definitely understand that. <laughs> but Yeah, uh... <laughs> and there's just so much involved with cosplay that trying mm -hmm. to juggle and be good at every single thing it's virtually it's impossible not very feasible <laughs> yeah it's virtually impossible to do like i mean i, I will say uh, uh like i think uh were you um i think who was in naruto and hot uh, last year H haku was it? yeah i did haku yeah like i was noticing like the material that you made for your character for, for your cosplay and like how it was stitched and stuff like look freaking on point i will say thank you uh, yeah i did yeah. a lot of research again on historical accuracy um, so like those are full like Hakama pants, just like and they're made as close as I physically could to standard Hakama pants. Yeah. Like there's just a lot that really went into it. It just seems like you kind of balance you you switched from like quality quantity to quality, and then now since you're and since you're you know more kind of taking more time with the with the cosplays it's uh, with your cosplays itself. It just it's definitely showing how freaking like amazing like i mean i know i'm not saying you weren't amazing back in the day but like, uh, but, like i mean there's always amazing it was you know? <laughs> like i can look at old costumes and critique them to hell and back so uh -huh. <laughs> i mean oh, i can uh, look at new costumes and do the same thing there's always room for improvement <laughs> but i think especially now too that um sewing is actually my primary job not necessarily cosplay related things but just in general that now when i sew for myself i want to make sure i'm having fun doing it so again being a bit more picky on the things that i really want to spend my time and money and effort on when i'm struggling on my day-to-day -day job just like crying at my sewing machine i don't want that same experience to happen with costumes i'm supposed to be doing for fun yeah that makes sense that definitely makes a lot of sense um and uh do you have like a do you still have like a dream cosplay that you're wanting to make but you haven't quite made it yet um i wouldn't say I have a dream costume I want to make. I kind of made a list of things that I'd like to, like, do mm -hmm. for, like, the year and, like, upcoming. But I wouldn't say they were, like, dreams. They're just something I've had on my mind for a while. I think, honestly. Well, how about, like, there's something that's, like, it's been there, but you just have it either time or man time, money. The thing that stuff. I really want to do, I like doing, like, more sort of dream shoots, so like having like a whole like photo shoot for it, like on location or in a really cool studio and things like that. So 
my thing would be because I love Evangelion. Evangelion is my life's passion. <laughs> uh, I, I would love one of the Andromeda latex ones that they make, but they're very expensive. And like doing a full shoot of that would be amazing for Asuka or honestly, any character is fine. But Asuka's my girl. Ooh, full uh, latex? Oh, that was sound, that yeah. sounds... Ooh, yeah, they're, they're so beautiful, though. I know a few people who have them, and they're just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, another shoot that I'd really love to do, um, it's my favorite game, is Majora's Mask. Um, and I just suckered in a friend who would do it with me, and I'm so excited. Um, I've always wanted to do Anju and Cafe from the game, um, I don't know how familiar Ooh. you are. With no, I am. I am definitely <laughs> okay. am familiar. But yeah, yeah, the lover's mask and like their whole side quest is so depressing and beautiful. And there's so many emotions there. And so we're going to finally do Anju and Cafe together. And I'm very excited for that. So I really want to do like this whole shoot of like missing each other in like a little town. I think it'll be really cool. That would be pretty cool. Well, I'm pretty sure Vegas, like, uh, I'm pretty sure there's places in Vegas that you probably that would that would that would compensate very or looks that would look perfect for that kind of maybe I'm really scenario. not opposed to like traveling though because um, mm-hmm. my Anju is in California so we might go out there it's mm-hmm. still in the very early stages um, but I'm pretty excited to work with it that is so cool and uh, uh, yeah I, I, I if you do, yeah you definitely need to do that is that is is that a plug suit that you were talking about for Ava the, the what yeah, they what they're dressing? yeah one of the plug suits oh you gotta I take definitely any of them. <laughs> you gotta definitely do <laughs> at one least one day like I said they're expensive they're like a the material is expensive two. yeah the people who make them make them very expensive um, but they seem like they're really good quality so the things I would do for Evangelion so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> at least you could say like once you eventually would be like yeah i'm willing to spend this kind of cash for it then yeah definitely yeah it, it's just you gotta plan for it very much so <laughs> very much so and uh what do you uh and uh like in your process of like uh, uh throughout your process like what do you do or what do you see when you decide to cosplay like a specific character um it kind of just depends Sometimes it's just like the look of the character, like visually the outfit's just like stunning or I have a a vision of how I would like to make that. Um, Sometimes it has to do with like just the character that I resonate with a lot. Um, It's usually one of those two things, but occasionally it'll be like, hey, we need somebody to fill in this spot. And I'm like, okay, you're friends. I'm fine doing that. Yeah, well, I mean, some of them, like, uh, like I have to say, like the 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 Bakugo that you did recently, I was like, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> Which version? <laughs> okay, the one where, okay, not not the one with the uh, uh it was the the shirtless one, the uh, one with the, the with yeah the, the fantasy one. Yeah, the fantasy one. I'm like, how did you even get like? I mean, that was insane. Like on how that I'm, like, with costume the deal. was actually insane. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people would uh, question some of my my choices, but I, again, I really wanted to be as authentic as possible with that. So thinking like fantasy barbarian, um, looking at what they would have access to in terms of like fabrics, materials, and there's just like a lot of little details on that. So I actually have a lot of 
ethically sourced uh, dead animals on it. Oh, wow. You... Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, like, the turtle shell on my arm is is a real turtle shell. All the, the leather pieces are genuine leather, and I learned how to leather work for that costume. Um, all of, like, the beads on the necklace and everything, those are all real gems, stones, rocks, um, corals, things like that. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot to that costume. And then all the fur, it's not real fur. I didn't do real fur for it. Um, but I actually made my own fur for that costume. Um, it's through a method called the yarn method. So you have to weave in chunks of yarn and then brush it all out and like straighten it. And then I dyed part of it. So it's actually just yarn. Oh my God. It was very time consuming. (laughs) That looks really good. I mean, like that was pretty. Thank oh, you. yeah, that was like holy crap! I was not expecting that. And then, and do you do you do the wig yourself too, or do you have? Uh, yeah, yeah, you... I did the wig myself. Everything on that costume was made by me, including the pants and like the the skin top was airbrushed. Mm-hmm. Um, you did the airbrush yeah, too. Uh, so I couldn't do the airbrush. I had a friend do the airbrush because I had to be wearing it. while they did the airbrushing so we can actually match up uh anatomy properly with like the muscles and everything um so i didn't technically airbrush it but i made it yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i got uh best master craftsmanship for that costume i actually entered it with a group at a vegas convention and we won that i made the deku costume as well that went with us Oh wow! Like the wait, it's like the Deku with the mask, or the Deku like with the you know when you went full full on vigilante, or no, 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 it was the the matching fantasy one. It was all the fantasy costumes. Oh, okay. I don't see. I'm not familiar with the fantasy side of this stuff because I'm really behind <laughs> when it comes well, to what's, my what's hero. Funny is that those outfits when we did them were just um, the rankings, the popularity rankings. That they have every like year or two in the manga and it was literally just a visual image of them and that was it that's all we had to work with making those costumes. oh wow so like... one image it doesn't show the back it doesn't show a bunch of the side angles it was just the one and then right as we finished the costumes for the convention they came out with the closing of one of the seasons, which was based on those fantasy outfits. And we're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> then all the hard work is like, okay. <laughs> now it's like, know, okay, like, here oh, you I go. Get to see the whole outfit now in so many angles and in proper coloring. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> that, so that's mad. just a cruel joke. That's just what that it is. It really was. <laughs> was like, okay, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. I mean, but that's, no, that that's amazing. I mean, I was just like, wow, that is crazy. And because uh, like I've noticed it, like you because you do a little bit of everything i think the only thing i really haven't seen you do is like comics per se like dc marvel or anything but oh i've done a bunch of comics you really which which <laughs> yeah, ones have you I done a while back i haven't done them in a long time but i i love batman series so i've done a couple of the robins before um i've done jubilee from x-men i've done a couple of versions of thor i've done kid loki I've done Leah from Journey into Mysteries. Oh, nice. Um, I was 
almost done with Wiccan from Young Avengers, and then I never finished it, and I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> just lost interest, baby. <laughs> I don't even know where it is after, like, moving and everything. I was just like, well, it's gone forever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, okay, well, my right? mistake. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done a wide assortment of everything. I mean, you kind of have to over 20 years, right? You can yeah. just explore different mediums. That is true. That's a good point. That's very true. And um, and uh, uh, what like what are your what are your personal fandoms like? What what are you what are you usually into? Uh, uh, yeah, because I mean, uh, obviously anime, but like, what else are you kind of into? Gosh, that's hard to say. I feel like I fall in and out of fandoms a lot because mm. I feel like what happens, especially in anime, is things just get rehashed for the new yes. generation. Yes. So I feel like I'll watch a new series that everyone is hyped up and I'm just like, this is exactly like so-and-so. And I'm not interested because it's just a rehash thing. Uh, Do you know what's so- funny? Like, that's exactly kind of how I felt with My Hero. Because I felt, because like when My Hero started was kind of like the closing of um, of Shippuden. The only difference yeah. I thought, yeah, the only difference I felt like, I was like, oh, instead of instead of ninjas, they're superheroes, and they're doing, they're going to a ninja, they're going to a superhero school instead of a ninja school and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I fell off the the bandwagon for my hero mm-hmm. um, about a two years ago, maybe. Like, I don't think it's a bad series, but I hate god mod type characters. Yes, yes, I definitely. And do. once we start getting there. I I just lose interest because I tend to like the secondary characters a lot who like work their ass off on something but still only end up second place which is just garbage. to get that piece of the pie yeah just yeah, to get the crumbles they're not the, crumbs. the main character they can't be number one even though in a real world setting this person who's constantly trying and working and put their entire being into it I call it the Vegeta complex yes like, I, was that too. I I love Vegeta so much and yes. Goku I just want to slap in the face <laughs> it's like you're you're clearly a stupid person yeah, Goku, it's yes, just like, oh yes. well you know i have naturally high ability and it's like <laughs> oh my god but like you don't think about anything like you're so stupid like i hate this i the world's hate worst this father. yeah <laughs> uh, uh well about like uh the thing i kind of gets me recently was uh was like there is a ton of isekai series you know like you know kind of yeah. like what sort like you remember how dot hack was like oh wow this is pretty cool getting trapped inside the game world this was done in 2003 now just multiply that by like 50 and there's always like oh i was reincarnated as a sword i was reincarnated as a soda machine in a different world yeah. and stuff like it's like what is going on yeah like, people are like oh my god sword art's so good i'm just like have you seen dot hack like yeah. please don't talk to me about sword art yes it's garbage <laughs> well i mean like yeah but not necessarily just anime though i mean like i mean like uh were you like you know oh like, i was gonna say sailor moon but i guess that's anime but like you know like uh... <laughs> yeah that would be <laughs> um, yeah like, i like star wars star trek games mm-hmm. i like video games but i don't play a lot of video games mm-hmm. like i'm very much a zelda person i play every zelda game known to man um i love animal crossing i like pokemon a lot i just um finished up violet which i really enjoyed um i like easy games i like games that don't really (laughs) stress me out because i have enough of that being in uh, my 30s as a millennial (laughs) with life struggles (laughs) 
Like, I don't need the excess stress. That um, is fair. Like, would, do you have a favorite type of uh, Pokemon? Like, what's your, like, what's, what's, uh... Um, well, Oddish is my ride or die. Oddish, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's been you were the first one. ever since I was a little kid. Uh, I don't know. There's just something about grass-type Pokemon that don't have arms just win for me. Like, Smoliv, the new one in the new game. Oh, my God. I love Smoliv. Like, you throw at me any grass-type that doesn't have arms, it, it's my favorite. I, I love it. <laughs> and that's the only criteria it has to be grass well two criteria it has to be grass and it has to have it does not have it does not have arms i mean when you start looking at all my favorites that's essentially how they all are. they're just so cute i love them so much they just oh, make me so happy there was a time hilarious. where if a game didn't have an oddish i wouldn't play it because wow. i had to have oddish on my team in fact, Violet was the first one that I ever made an exception for because I really wanted to try the open world because I love open world concepts. And it, but it still hurt my soul. And I was like, I don't have an Oddish. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever, uh, uh, do you leave it as an Oddish or do you ever yes. evolve it? You, you really, you even leave it as an Oddish? <laughs> yeah, don't... and then I will wreck people with like a level 100 Oddish. My, <laughs> my husband... <laughs> Way back when he would make fun of me because I loved Oddish so much. And like, I just, I had like a team of them and it just destroyed him. Because like, I had ones that were like specifically all the powders and would ruin you, either put you to sleep or paralyze you or poison you. So you're dying somehow there or you can't move. And then I'd come in with other ones that had like a really high specialty and just like, razor leaf or solar beam you to death <laughs> and he'd be like i can't do anything i'm asleep and i'm like sucks for you <laughs> you have an audit you had an oddish gang that is insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> if pokemon were real i'd have like 500 oddish just like following me around at all times like that is what i want <laughs> You would like you would kind of remind you would kind of look like a like what's his name uh, that character uh, Pikmin with the uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair that is absolutely fair <laughs> oh my gosh that is so funny so is there any like I mean like uh, the characters that you've done like movies comics anime games and more like do you have a genre that you naturally like to gravitate towards no not really I'm I'm the type of person to give anything a shot but. I'm really picky. So like I I have a degree in English and creative writing. So for me, I've, I've studied what makes things good, like character development versus just like plot moving along and things like that. So anything that really engages me in terms of like, this seems like a really real character who's thought out and these choices are not simply because we need to move a plot along or like stupid things like that, that you see a lot of the times. Um, something that's just a bit more interesting, a bit more like human thought out, which is again, one of the reasons why I really love Evangelion. Like those are such fleshed out real human characters. Um, you cannot makes... tell me that you did not like that, that, that you just couldn't help but want to punch Shinji. I mean, no, Really? And like, like I think, I think you need to watch Evangelion 
at different stages of your life. <laughs> okay. Um, because the entire point of the series is Shinji finding happiness and learning to love himself. So once you go in with that knowledge, like it's not about cool robot fights. Like that's not the series. If you're watching it for cool robot fights, go watch Gundam. Mm. Like the entire series is literally about existentialism. Like that is the point of the series. So if you're going in with that mindset, you shouldn't want to just punch Shinji. You you can be upset at his choices, but his choices, his choices are absolutely realistic for a 14 year old put in those situations. A 14 year old who has depression, who all he wants is to be loved by his family, finds out that his family only brought him there to do something horrifying and put that much pressure on him all of a sudden. Like that is a lot as a kid. Like yeah. so much. Like I think a lot of people get mad at Shinji because they view him as the typical shonen type character who's like, I'm gonna be a hero, not realizing that there are real consequences to your actions. I wouldn't really consider to say Sin Shinji is like the typical shonen because he really, if anything, because like he came in as a normal dude, uh, a normal person that came into, uh, what was it, Nerve? It was Nerve, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 into Nerve without like knowing what the hell was going on. All he knew yeah, was that his dad was the leader like, towards it. situation yeah. where like... However, though, I mean, just the decisions that, she, that he made, some of them were like, especially when he was with Asuka... Uh, is just kind of was like uh, it, it was just like why 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 are you doing some of this stuff though like because it, it, he's really messed up as a kid <laughs> he was like, messed up yes like it's already like the end of the world like he doesn't have a mom he grew up without his dad and all he wants to do is feel like people give a shit about him mm -hmm. and that's why he decides to pilot the Avas because he's like, well, people will like me if I do this. And it's like, no, that you're, that's not how it works. <laughs> you need to learn to like yourself and then other people will start liking you. You have to find the joy in the things that you do. Like, yes, a lot of his choices are bad, but he is 14 years old coming with 14 years of huge amounts of trauma. He sees people die all the time. The entire world will be destroyed if he doesn't do certain things. And that's an insane amount of pressure. Like, you have these Gundam series where, again, like, I think it's Wing, where all the characters are also 14 years old. And they're just like, la-di-da, I'm going to pilot a Gundam and be cool. And it's like, realistically, no. No <laughs> one is doing that. You can say that you'll pilot the exact same thing in a heartbeat. But realistically, if you're like, well, if you fail, like everybody dies, everyone you love dies, and it's all going to be your fault if you survive and be the only person left, like, that's insane. Like, mm -hmm. you have no idea what you would do in those kind of real world decisions. Like, that is so much. And for, again, a 14-year-old who's a literal child coming into those scenarios, you don't have the capacity to deal with those things. That's, that's just impossible. Hmm. So yeah, well, he makes about... a lot of bad decisions because <laughs> as a 14 year old, he's an idiot. He's a child. <laughs> yes. coming from a lot of trauma and abuse. So yeah, he's making bad decisions. But I don't think anybody else in a realistic situation would do much better. Yes. To be fair though, I have not watched a I haven't watched Ava in like over uh, and I have I haven't even watched two or three point three or the newer ones. Oh! Either. 
Yeah. Are, are they better? Like, like, like do they, Look, does it make... turn this into entire Evangelion discussion if you want, because <laughs> I will go there so fast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Dang. But I mean, the, yeah, it's been literally decades for me to watch the original, and I have never watched any of the movie, the newer the newer movies or the, the miniseries okay, so, and stuff. Okay. Here's, here's your homework assignment. Go read the manga. Read uh, the manga first. The full manga. And then watch the original series and then the end of Evangelion. And then watch yeah. the new Rebuild movies. Because everything is a time loop. Because it's all about Shinji finding happiness and existentialism. So everything keeps relooping until he can find that happiness. Okay, I'll definitely, I'll definitely put it on. It's definitely, in, I'm putting it on the list right now. So just to, yes. just to see, I would need to, I would need to have someone to watch it with me, uh, watch it with me on this because, like, I know the original series was a little bit drab, but for me, for my taste, for the most part. But I definitely will. But I am definitely going to try to watch the newer versions. So everyone's you, been you telling me I should watch the newer versions. Me some questions, and I will send you the things. <laughs> okay, it will do. And uh, uh, what, uh, what's it called? In the and uh, you know what? I guess we got. We we can do one more. Skip one more here. Uh, I just lost my place. <laughs> okay. There we go. We got too. I got too far in with the, with Ava. I'm like, okay, there you go. That's what always happens when you talk to me. It's my master plan. <laughs> there you go. You figured it out. You knew what you were gonna do over this podcast the whole time, uh, <laughs> as well as amongst like other cosplayers during the pandemic itself. I mean, you could not attend. You you couldn't attend events as much as you as usual during that time. But during that time itself, uh, did you discover anything like new that you improve? Uh, uh, that improved your craft uh, uh the craft so the pandemic was really hard for me in a very different way than most everybody else um i don't mind like not going out i hate people if i can stay home all the time i will that's not <laughs> so, <laughs> so being like you have to stay inside for like months and i'll be like nice i love that um so that wasn't a big deal, but at the very, very beginning of the pandemic, um, I'm talking like March, um, April, um, our dog got really sick and he, he was our, our first dog together. He was eight years old, so he wasn't old by any means. And he ended up passing in June and that destroyed me, like absolutely destroyed me as a human being. Um, we had, we had another dog. Um, his name's Victor. We still have him now. Um, but I was actually afraid of dogs growing up. I was attacked by a dog when I was a kid. Um, so it was a very big deal for us to get a dog and I was very like hesitant, but was it a small I, dog or was, 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 was he was, was medium. It? Um, he was a Hungarian pulley. They're the ones who kind of looks like they have dreadlocks. Oh yeah. 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 I know you're so he was about, about 30, 35 pounds, pretty medium sized. Um, but I, I fell in love with this dog immediately. As soon as he came into my arms, um i was like i will die for this dog like i don't know what it was but like i he was attacked by a pit bull once and i like threw myself in front of this pit bull 
and I got way more injured than he did. <laughs> God. Um, like I, I would literally do anything for him. And so watching him decline and then like just not being able to properly mourn him with anybody and um, everybody was getting dogs at the beginning of the pandemic too, because everyone was home. So watching Victor or other dog wonder where his older brother was, was just, it was just really hard. I wasn't motivated to do anything for a while. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. And so there was um, Crunchyroll convention was going to do an online convention that year. And they were doing an online masquerade. And I was like, you know, I've been sitting here not doing anything for like a month. Like I am in such a bad place. I just need to force myself to, to do something. Cause I was literally like, that was when animal crossing came out was during this time. Mm -hmm. I, all I would do every day was wake up, eat like the saddest breakfast known to man and play animal crossing on the couch and not leave the couch until I went to bed. Like, I didn't know what to do with myself. It was, it was the worst feeling of my entire life. Um, and I was like, even my husband was like getting concerned. Like he was obviously mourning as well and not in a good place, but like, he was like, you, you need to move every once in a while. <laughs> right. And so I was like, all right, I will try to, Oh, it's noon. Sorry. There's <laughs> going to okay. be 12 dings. <laughs> Pause the story. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> So, so there was a contest and there was like a preliminary type stage. So you do some work up front for the contest and then they choose who's going to be in it based off of all that that you've done so far. And you kind of pitch your skit and idea to them. And then they choose like 30 or so people who will make it into the, the show. I think it was in August or September of mm -hmm. that year. And so I was like, okay, I will do a costume that I have been wanting to work on for a really long time. Um, it was Bond Clay from One Piece. Um, Bond Clay from One Piece. It's, okay, I, I know you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Two. He was yeah. the ballerina with the swans. <laughs> yes. uh, the absolute goat of the series. <laughs> No <laughs> question. That's your favorite but, character of them all. That's all, that's cool. Uh, he is I'm a, not he sure is cool. He's necessarily my favorite, but I he's up there for sure. I, mm. I adore everything about Bon Clay, and but his appearance is very comical, especially considered the role he plays in the series. He has some insane things that he does, and it's just beautiful. extra. Yeah, very extra. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I wanted to convey him in a way that was beautiful, just like the acts that he does in the show and less comical than he appears. So I began researching like ballet tutus instead of like the weird ball shorts that he wears. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually spent a butt ton of money on a replica pattern for the bell tutus that the uh, ballet dancers at the Marinsky Theater wear. And the Marinsky Theater, if you've never heard of it. Oh, I have. Is, <laughs> uh, okay. The ballet theater in Russia essentially is the starting point of all modern day ballet. 
Um, that's where Swan Lake first appeared. Um, everything by Tchaikovsky essentially was done for that theater, premiered at that theater, like it just insane. So they do their bell tutus a very specific way. And I paid a lot of money for a pattern for that. And I constructed the entire tutu and bodice and everything based off of how they make things there, um, which was all insanely technical. Like the this is the first time that you've ever done that. Like when you were yeah. when you going to that process, <laughs> I've never made a tutu. Like I've worked with tool and made petticoats, but a tutu, like one that is made for the stage, essentially to be properly made. Um, so like if someone who actually knows ballet wore it, they could perform just as usual. Like that's how technically correct this costume is. Oh my God. Uh, and I ended up making it through um, the preliminaries into the final round of the contest. And I ended up winning two awards for it, which is crazy because usually how masquerades work, you don't usually award someone two awards um that's not the typical norm so the fact that i won two was just insanely rewarding and it was it it taught me that things do get better even though things are really really hard and i still cry all the time about him because he's still my precious baby mm-hmm. um i mean it's your first dog i definitely definitely understand yeah there's there's nothing in this world that can replace the hole in my heart from him but through that love and passion I had for him, I was able to create something as equally as beautiful and take my time and make something that meant the world to me. So through through tragedy and loss, there there can be beautiful things. And I think that was the first costume where I really like took a step back and was like, I just want to do the things I love now. Like that was really the turning point for me to say, I don't need to make a million costumes anymore. I just want to focus on things that I really love and that I want to do and put like my own personality and my heart into my costuming again, because I feel like a bit of that has been lost doing it professionally over the years and it just doesn't seem fun. So that I think that whole process really didn't technically, I guess, teach me a specific sewing or crafting skill, but it taught me a really good life lesson that has kind of stuck with me since then. Yeah, well, I would beg to differ. I mean, it just seemed it it changed your aspect of how you did things completely. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I, mean, well, I that's... mean, like I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, you know, I uh, practice crocheting, and I've never crocheted, so that was my hobby during the pandemic, <laughs> and I had a complete like." life depressive turnaround she's like, like i mean just, just a little different yeah i mean just a little different but i mean i i mean i think that that constitutes as a big change i mean like like a real especially the full realization especially all the the this uh everything you went through throughout that whole process i mean especially the beginning of the pandemic the beginning of the pandemic it was was really rough because we had no idea what was ha- what, what was going on. We like for nope. like for months, like you know, and uh, like the even the out that CRX did give you, you know, I mean, it still was like a small blip of the bigger picture, you know. So like I yeah. Just think, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, no, I mean, I think I mean you definitely came out stronger from when you came out initially from it. Yeah, I did. And, I feel like yeah. I'm one of the the few people who kind of 
rose to the challenge of like, I'm going to better myself during this point. Cause I know a lot of people it didn't, and I'm not like blaming them. Like that's absolutely understandable that impacted you very harshly. Um, but I, I, I feel like I feel lucky in the fact that I was able to really do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even since then have grown as a person a lot more. And I, I feel a lot more confident about who I am today versus like back in 2019. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome to hear. Oh man, but uh, Steph, thank. I mean, I don't know. I could talk to you all day. But we'll, we got, got, we got. Well, I cut this don't up. have all day. I know we don't. But uh, but uh, but the one last thing, like, if uh, where can folks like like what's the best way folks can see you or or like you know just uh, follow you and uh, see what uh, what conventions and stuff you're going to go to. Um. So pretty much everything is Stefan Schweetz except for Twitter. Um, Schweetz was too long for for twitter so it's stuff on tweets on there but i have instagram i have tiktok i have facebook i have twitter um the basics um i i have a coffee as well if you're feeling charitable (laughs) but um but if you really want to see like rundowns especially of the more recent costumes i actually do video logs of how i make all the pieces of my costumes um, up on my TikTok. So if you're ever interested in learning how to sew or how progress is going, that would be the place to go. Perfect. Well, Steph, thank you so much. It was fun geeking out with you today. It was a, it was yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh yes, no, no problem anytime. And uh, guys, if you loved this interview, like uh, with Stefan Schweetz, and uh, you could definitely check check her out as bug among us. Uh, all the other different awesome interviews that we've done in the past on our website, confreaksandgeeks.com, or you can go to any podcast services. We're on Apple, Google, uh, Google uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, what have you, everywhere. You can go check us out on uh, 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 on any podcast services out there too. So once again, this is Davis signing out. Y'all take it easy. <laughs>